0: Off to a good start this week. Got a big challenge uh, down in Gainesville. Coach Napier's got a team that continues to improve each week. Uh, Played a great half of football two weeks ago against uh, Georgia in the second half. Carried that over to their performance in College Station last Saturday with their best performance of the year and certainly a dominant second half against Texas A&M. They're good in all three phases. Obviously, everything starts with the quarterback. He's uh, an elite player uh, and a weapon every time the ball's in his hands, running, throwing, you name it. He's just so impressive to watch. Uh, Good defense, weapons everywhere on special teams. They're similar to last week, we're gonna have to go beat them. They don't beat themselves. They're number one in the SEC right now in turnover margin. Uh, They're one of the fewest penalized teams in the SEC as well. So they're doing a lot of things right and getting better each week. No, it'll be a great environment uh, down in the swamp believe it's a sellout from what I heard and it uh, should be a fantastic atmosphere and looking forward to getting down there and playing on Saturday afternoon. Questions? Shayna, you mentioned that BJ was going to have an MRI are the results of that back. Uh, results are back. I'd say he's day-to-day. Nothing long-term, just kind of see how quickly he can uh, – See how quickly he can respond to to treatment. He wasn't able to do much today in uh, in practice, and I'm sure you'll ask about the other guys as well. Marshawn told me he was Marshawn was limited today, but told me he felt uh, a lot better than he thought he was going to feel as well. So uh, Spalding is done for the year. I know I mentioned that Saturday in Nashville. I hate that for him, but wish him well in his recovery. And then um, you know beyond that, it's it's. uh handful of guys that are that are questionable right now. Yeah, specifically in the secondary, Shane, I mean, just because the bodies are getting kind of thin. Any thought of maybe moving a couple of spare receivers over to take <laughs> reps? Have you guys taken that step yet? <laughs> it's funny. Do you, or do you have our facility bugged? Because <laughs> I literally was just in the defensive staff room talking about that with Clayton and Torian and the guys before I walked down here. Um, we're thin just with injuries. There's no question about it. Uh, but we're not to that point yet. Um, you know, you hate to lose a, a Spalding and and other guys that are that are that are banged up. But um, we're not to that point yet, where we have to start. You know, moving people, uh, moving people over yet. But we are thin, and thankfully, knock on wood, our, our starters for the most part are are healthy. But certainly, we've got some young guys and and. Fortunately, the way we practice allows you know, our entire team to try and improve as the year goes along. So that's allowed the young, young defensive backs that haven't maybe played as much to get better throughout the season and potentially you know, play them late in the season if we needed to in a, in a bind. Coach, you've been asking the players, Kai and Rush, but have you found this week that breakfast has been a little sweeter once you got that
1: bowl eligibility locked up now moving forward?
0: It's uh, sweeter, but by no means are we satisfied. Uh, certainly, we're very proud to be bowl eligible. There's a lot of teams across the country right now that are sitting there with either three wins, four wins, or five wins that are fighting like crazy to get bowl eligible storied programs in college football. Uh, so I don't take for granted being bowl eligible. It's a it's a hell of an accomplishment uh, in year two with after nine games, but we should not We can be happy about it, but none of us are, 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 we better not be satisfied. We better still be hungry. There's a lot left to accomplish. Talked about it as a team this morning. The the guys that came back this year for another year when they didn't have to, Zach Pickens, Javon Gwynn, whoever, I don't think they came back just to go to a bowl, I think they had higher expectations than that. And let's try and be better than we were last year. Last year, our final, our regular season record was six and six and and we'd surely uh, like to be better than that this year, but gonna take a lot of work. But the way we practiced today uh, looked like a team that was not satisfied with just having six wins. Shane, you got a favorite Tom Petty song? (laughs) Um, No, (laughs) Uh, he's got a lot of good ones. And I guess the run defense has been not great maybe the last two weeks watching film and kind of reviewing some of that stuff what have been some of the biggest deficiencies in, in trying to stop the run I think going back to last week was just uh missed tackles honestly I mean when you miss tackles you give up explosive runs and um uh, we we, we uh, uh got out of m- misfit a couple gaps against Vanderbilt uh, for sure that we weren't where exactly where we needed to be or we came in there with the proper, you know, the incorrect leverage or whatever it may be. And um, and then a run spit out of there. But, you know, typically if you can fit the run the right way and at least tackle well, you, um, you're going to be pretty good from a run defense standpoint. And we weren't good enough last week at, at tackling and, and certainly misfit some runs, but I don't think it's something that's, we're in uh, panic mode because we've been pretty good at it for the most part and, and, and handled some run games here leading up to that. We just have, we haven't been good enough the last couple of weeks for, for, for sure. And this is a, a really big challenge this week, not just tackling their running backs who are talented, but it's a really, really physical offensive line and an unbelievable quarterback as well that if he gets rolling, you're not going to catch him. So we've got to really be sound and fit in the run and, and getting 11 hats to the ball. Um, anthony uh, you know what has stood out about him on film and how does he kind of compare to some of the other guys you face you know your kj jefferson's and your mike wrights and all of that who caused problems for you this year his size and i mean what do you want me to start his size stands out his speed stands out his arm strength stands out he's a guy i mean you saw it against uh he goes, LSU, I mean, he had a 80-something-yard touchdown run where guys are just literally bouncing off of him. And I don't know who all of their players and their 40 times and all that, but if, if they got anybody on that team faster than him, it's scary because he's so fast, he's so athletic, he's hard to bring down. But then he's just got unbelievable arm strength. I mean, he can make every throw on the field. And uh, he's, he's immensely talented, and there's a reason when you look at – um, some of the gurus out there and their draft projections and all that. There's a reason you see him as one of the you know, top four or five quarterbacks in the, uh, in the draft for whenever he comes out. So he's really, really talented and he's got some great players around him also.
1: Yeah, another one on on Richardson. Um, how how do you feel like uh, Clayton's defense has gone against mobile quarterbacks and, and being able to stop those guys and and you know what's what's the biggest key to to being able to do that this week with the personnel you have this year?
0: Yeah, um, I mean I think good. Uh, it's easy for people to point out, well, played Arkansas and it didn't go so well, or whoever. Well, there's also a lot of mobile quarterbacks we've faced that we've that we've handled as well and. Um, you know, I think it one goes back to putting together a, a great plan. Uh, two, everybody just doing their job. And when you talk about stopping the run, then I've said it before most people think, okay, well, that's the defensive line and the linebackers. Well, it's the secondary as well. We got to make sure that our defensive backs are, are fitting the run and coming up there with physicality and, and, uh, and the proper leverage. with It's effort to the ball, getting 11, 11 guys around there. So I'm sure Clayton would tell you that, you know, you always need to be better without a doubt. And we weren't good enough um, against Arkansas for sure. And and certainly with uh, Vanderbilt's quarterback last week, he, some runs popped out with him as well. Um, and that's going to happen. I mean, they're going to make their plays as well. We just got to make sure that we do a good job of limiting limiting the explosives and and, um, and getting
1: stops. Shane, kind of a philosophical, bigger picture question is, um, is running the ball successfully in defense still the keys, the bedrock to winning in the SEC? Or has that changed since your time when you first started in this league? No, I believe that it's
0: uh, it's still critical. Um, when we have, we have our goals each week as far as uh, how we want to win football games and when we reach our goal of what we expect yards per carry for running the football, we're, we're undefeated. Uh, we haven't lost a game ever since I've been here when we reach our goal of running the ball. Because I think when you're running the ball, all the other things that we talk about uh, open up and present themselves, explosive plays and and um, staying on the field and not having a lot of third downs and all the other situational stuff. But I, I believe it's there, there's some high octane offenses, there's no question about it, but if you look back to last year, the two teams that played for the national championship last year, Georgia and Bama, if I'm not mistaken, they were number one and number two in Rundy stopping the run. So it's still, Kirby said it last week after the Tennessee game, you better start stop the run first. Um, before you even worry about anything else, you got to stop the run. So, uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's certainly, there's different style of offenses than when I got into coaching back in 2000. But I still believe that you've got to be able to run the ball effectively and you've got to be able to stop the run effectively to, uh, to get to where you ultimately want to go. Another deep philosophical question. How do you feel about the color orange? Because you're going to be seeing a lot of it the next few <laughs> weeks. Um, as a color that I wear, I'm not against it uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, uh, my alma mater was maroon and orange. It was their colors at Virginia tech, but certainly it's, uh, we are going to be seeing a lot of it. So I'm not a fan of orange this month for, for, for sure. Uh, but 365 days a year, I don't say that I've, I i do not wear it. I mean, I think I've got a pair of tennis shoes with some orange trim in them that I wear from time to time. <laughs> Good question though. <laughs> Shane continuing with the orange theme today. Um, some people call this the Orange Crush part of your schedule because yeah. you guys played these same teams in the '90s and early 2000s. You know, way before you were here. What do you What do you think of that term? And is it you know a November for some great opportunities for your
1: team, collectively and individually?
0: Yeah, I think that the term is is right on, Gene. It is. I mean, it's we're going to be seeing a whole a whole lot of orange uh, orange the next three weeks for sure, and it's absolutely an opportunity. There's the old saying: they remember November. And, I've, you know, that's been something that's been said since I got into coaching. Uh, Coach Fulmer at Tennessee used to say that all the time uh, to the teams when I was a graduate assistant there, and, and you do. And I think our guys realize that we're, we, we got bowl eligible the first weekend in November, but we're not satisfied. There should be a great hunger, and there's a great opportunity to do some special things if we can do what we want to do here over the next uh, three weeks. And it's an unbelievable Challenge. I mean, it's a really good and improving Florida team. And then, you know, the next two teams that we're about to play after that were both ranked in the top, whatever it was last week, five, six in the country last week. And uh, so we know what a challenge it is. But with with big challenges come unbelievable opportunities as well. But you know, right now our focus is on nothing nothing beyond this week and trying to be a better team this Saturday in Gainesville than what we were in Nashville last week. Shane, I know you mentioned running a lot of the same offensive plays against Vanderbilt than you did against Missouri and and going back. But how much of what you guys did Saturday is replicable moving forward into these final three games? I think a lot. Uh, I mean, I know a lot, and it is. I mean, a lot of the things that – I mean, everything that we ran last week, I'm sure there's something. But there's really nothing that jumps off the top of my head, Colin, that was like a new play that we put in uh, for Vanderbilt. I mean, it's things that we have – been running this year, and we were, and some things that we've called this year, and it looked better last week than maybe it looked in in previous weeks. But we uh, going forward, a lot of it is, and all of it really, and to me is is um, is replicable. Certainly, we want to continue to expand roles, and we want to continue to be able to run the ball efficiently and take shots down the field and be good on the perimeter, which is what we were the other night against Vanderbilt, and uh, but then. You know, Also, you always got to stay kind of one step ahead. And, and we've got, what, nine games worth of video of opponents that are watching what we've done this season as well. So you got to continue to do a great job of self-scouting and, and, and staying one step ahead of your opponent also and what they're trying to do to stop you. Coach, when you were an assistant at South Carolina, Billy Napier was an assistant at Clemson throughout that duration. So just from what you've seen from afar and maybe in the times that you two have crossed paths, what are your overall impressions of him as a coach? Yeah, uh, impressed. Um, You know, I mean, a lot of those guys, when I first got to South Carolina, Dabo was an assistant coach at Clemson. And then um, he got the job, and Jeff Scott, I guess, replaced – Dabo as an on-field coach and then billy came in and i guess my last year at carolina was 2010 i think billy was the coordinator that year if i'm not mistaken so somebody that um got a lot of respect for uh, he did a good job when he was at clemson and then since he left clemson the stops he's had and the success that he's had as a as a coach and and a uh and a recruiter i mean somebody that that um, we certainly have respect for when I was here as an assistant coach, and then what he's done since he left Clemson's really, really impressive, um, also, and and did a great job at Louisiana as a uh, as a head coach there, and and is certainly on track to doing good things in Gainesville, also.
1: Hey Shane, going back to your last year as an assistant here, 2010, uh, the win down at Florida, one of the biggest in the history uh, of the Gamecock program. Yeah. What do you remember specifically about that night, especially the atmosphere? and just overall impact that it had on the program?
0: Yeah, see, those are the good questions, Rick. I like those, man. Um, In the sick, twisted way that I am, I remember that was a night game, stayed in Ocala. I remember my wife was on the trip, and we had some free time that afternoon, and we went for a walk. And I remember just vividly being on the walk, thinking, okay, when we kick off to start the game, We want to kick to the left, we want to kick to the right, left, right. Just kind of thinking back and through how do we want to start the game. And clearly I made the wrong choice because we kicked off and they ran it back for a kickoff on the opening touchdown in the game. And I'm like, you got to be shooting me right here on, uh, on this one. Like the biggest game that we've had here at South Carolina. I remember Urban Meyer being on his coach's show the week before talking about we need to make the swamp the loudest it's ever been this Saturday night and how do we start the game by me as the special teams coach giving up a 90 something yard touchdown run or kick or kickoff return to start it. But then after that, I think about what an awesome night it was for South Carolina. I remember, you know, just all three phases playing well. Um, Marcus Lattimore and just the game that he had that night and just putting that team, you know, on uh, on his shoulders and, and, and carrying us to victory and then running away with it. You know, to be able to face that adversity on the first play, but not flinch. And just some unbelievable great players that were on the field that night. And, to, um, being, and it being pretty special for Coach Spurrier as well to win the SEC East in the stadium that he had so much success in also that was an awesome night and and a, a, again a <clears throat> validation and testament to what can be done here you know we won the sec a- sec east that night and uh, clinched uh, clinched an opportunity to go play in atlanta for the sec championship so we've sh- we showed that night that it could that it could be done and um we're working really really hard now to uh, to get back to that point and 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 do it again uh, I know you said it earlier that you're not quite at the receivers playing defense point, but in general with team Gene playing running back and guys moving around, what goes into kind of giving a guy a crash course on a new position in the middle of a game prep week? Yeah, it's a, it starts with the player first and foremost. I mean, they've got to be just football smart and and, and intelligent, and, and those guys are, and certainly some an extra meeting time and, and practice time. But I think the other thing, too, is you, you hopefully, you know, when you – when you're uh, teaching and, and coaching your position, I always thought, it, and it's the truth, as an assistant coach, like you really want everybody to have a big picture understanding of what's going on, not some, not just okay, you're the tight end, and when we call this, you're running this route, having an understanding of what everybody's doing around you, so you could go to any position and just jump right in and 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 have a have a good baseline from a learning standpoint if that makes sense so that's the biggest thing it's 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 really is a crash course or crash course it's 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 like uh prepping for a test at the last minute or whatever it may be and it's extra time and investing and and good coaching and good teaching and 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 uh, and good learning as well Chain, I know we talked about last year with Parker White. He should have been a Gros, a finalist. Uh, I imagine I will probably get some some nods for the guy award. Do, do we need to start talking about the Heisman Trophy with him or? or? <laughs> we, um, it would be a travesty if he wasn't one of the top guys in line for the for the uh, uh, guy award. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. He's just um, he's a talented punter, as we've shown. He's controlled field position for us. He's uh, a weapon when the ball's in his hands. I mean, the throw that he made, uh, the fake punt against Georgia was a great throw. The throw last week was a great throw to Tonka. And uh, he's just a really, really good football player and a great leader for this football team. So yeah, any accolades that, that come his way are, are well-deserved.
1: getting kind of late in the season now. And I know you've had a lot of opportunity or some opportunity at least to watch some of these freshmen grow up a little bit. And wanted to see if you could comment specifically on your two freshmen quarterbacks or three, I guess, if you want to. And also Anthony Rose and Landon Sampson on how you've seen each individually progress.
0: Yeah, I think Rose has been really, really, really good. He um, He's really doing well in the classroom. Proud of him from that standpoint and then he gets better on the field as well. Uh, Landon has worked hard to get stronger and, and change his body and uh, and and be a solid receiver for us. He's done some good things and is on track. And then I like these, I like the freshman quarterbacks. Braden was obviously here during spring practice, so we saw him and he's, he's having a nice fall. Uh, Tanner Bailey, we actually took on the trip with us to Nashville last weekend. Tanner is one that continues to get better and really, really works to learn to learn the position. and then, and then Jalen Daniels also is a guy that um, he's got immense physical tools and, and really takes practice seriously and tries to, tries to get better. And I've mentioned a couple times to you guys those Sunday evening practices that we have. You know, the last couple of weeks, we've we've two weeks ago, and then even a little bit last week, we were out there maybe a little bit longer than I wanted to because we basically just scrimmage with the young guys, our developmental guys. At the end of the practice, I mean, and it is intense. And our players, our older guys, they take great pride in their side of the ball. And Rose made a great interception in that in that in that uh, practice Sunday Sunday night. Jalen, Tanner, Braden, they've made some really good throws in that thing on Sunday night. So I'm excited about those guys. I'm really excited about the whole freshman class in general. They're doing great things off the field uh, academically and socially, and then they're really, really working hard and doing some great things on the field, whether it's a guy like Nick and DQ who are playing right now or whether it's a guy like those guys you just mentioned that are uh, redshirting at this point but, but making progress.
1: And I guess just to kind of follow up on that, it looks like a lot of those guys will be able to redshirt, but I guess they still have games that they could play in. Yeah. Or, or any of the freshmen who maybe haven't played a whole lot, is that any any guy you're looking to get on the field in special teams or in some, some sort of capacity now that their redshirts are secure? No, but I think each
0: week is each week is different. You know, certainly um, the, the one position that would maybe jump out would be defensive back just because – one, our health back there, we are a little banged up, but two, because we play so many defensive backs. And, you know, there were times against Vanderbilt the other night where we had six defensive backs on the field, like our six DB package. And when you're doing that, well, that's six bodies and six backups that you need plus special teams as well so certainly as we go through these last three regular season games and and the bowl game certainly um we're continuing to try and bring some of these young defensive backs along that haven't played yet but you know you hope you don't need them but may need to be uh may need to be called on we had uh we had keenan nelson on the trip we took him to nashville last week one for the experience but then two you know he's getting closer to to playing one because he's working really really hard and he deserves it, and, and two, because we've, we had some health issues last week in Nashville going into the game, DB-wise.
1: Hey, Coach, you guys have won back-to-back road games for the first time since 2012. Um, oh, man, that's a uh, layup Come um, yeah. on. Um, what are you telling your guys this week going into such a tough environment like the Swamp?
0: Uh, we don't talk a lot about it really it's about us and, and it always is. And you know we just talked a little bit about it this morning that it's one of the great venues in college football. and it'll be an awesome environment. it's a sellout. It's, it's, uh, it'll be a great day down in Florida and what a cool place it is. Um, what a cool place it is to play. but beyond that it's about us and, and preparing the right way to go play well. and um, you know we don't make a big deal. About where we're going into, we make sure they're aware of what it looks like. We'll go look at the stadium on Friday, which is something we've done this year, which is a little bit new, just so they can see it. But then after that, we really don't talk a whole lot about the road. We just try and keep the schedule, you know, on the away games the exact same as the road games, other than we have to get on a plane or a bus and go where we're going. But other than that, it's the identical schedule, and just try and stay as much of a uh, routine and process uh, as we can. Shane Devonnie and Cam, how are their statuses going into this week? They're good. Um, Cam's a little sick right now, so health-wise, I think he's physically he's fine. He's battling, you know, a little bit of stuff like a lot of people are right now, but he should be fine for Saturday. And then Devonnie practiced today as well, and and was fine.
1: Shane, I'm just curious. You know, you guys, you win four games, everything's great. Missouri happens. You know, it's like the worst thing in the world. Now you guys are back. How do you as a coach keep that insulated from your players so they don't spend too much time, especially given this age when you know 10-year-olds are probably more savvy on social media than, <laughs> than older people are? <laughs> Me included. Um, I don't think I'm old. Um,
0: it's hard. I think that's a huge, it really is. It's a huge, um, huge challenge because... They're only here four hours a day, and then some of the time when they are here, whether it be down in the locker room or eating lunch or whatever downstairs, they're they're on social media, and there's just a lot of stuff out there that, you know, when I first got into coaching, you had you know a little bit of talk radio, you had the newspaper, and then you had like the actual you know message boards. Done that? That was it, and now it's just there's so many more. Uh, avenues out there there's so many voices out there as well so it is a challenge um i think for me it's me just trying to stay consistent as the head coach uh where i'm not just on an emotional roller coaster week to week about what has happened you guys have heard me say it before after a loss after a win we come in here on sunday and we show the good show the bad we learn from it good and bad and then it's go you know go right back to work as well but i'd be naive to sit here and say that you know you, you block out everything because i think i also probably need to be aware of what a lot of the things they're hearing out there are um also but just trying to be honest with our guys and real with our guys where here's, you know, here's what is being, or here's what maybe the outside thinks. Um, and, but here's what is real, you know, here's what we see on tape. And, and you guys in this building know what's really going on. And then don't get me wrong. I mean, we're honest as all get out with those guys and, and truthful with them and uh, just trying, be, be there do that from that standpoint and I mean I know I said the thing after the game the other night and to me that was more just um the negativity with Marshawn being out for example like I'm sh I, I wasn't on social media going to the game to see what people are saying about Marshawn Lloyd potentially not playing but I can imagine there was doom and gloom oh my god Marshawn's out we're what's uh just is g-rated we're out of luck you know that we don't have Marshawn in this game tonight how are we going to beat Vanderbilt yada 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 and and we didn't talk one time with the team last week about Marshawn not playing i mean they know Marshawn's not playing or wasn't going to play after what Thursday's practice but it wasn't like hey guys Marshawn's not playing we all got to rally it's you know we've we've dealt with injuries before quarterback situation last year and whatever it may be, DBs that were out this year for different injuries. It's just kind of like go to work and just, and keep on going. And if you spend too much time worrying about uh, who you don't have or what's being said and things like that, you're taken away from what you need to do. And that's getting ready to play each and every week. You know, if that, if that makes sense. Okay. Chan, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you guys go to the state away stadium on Fridays last year? Was Uh that a thing? I guess why? what did, what kind of went into adding that wrinkle i guess on a road trip um something i thought about i had done it um i we had other places i've been sometimes other places i've coached oklahoma um, pfft, I'm trying to think. Coach Spurrier did it a little bit. Sometimes he would maybe go see the stadium. A lot of times we did it like if it was a night game on the road, just to get him out of the hotel and go see the stadium and walk around a little bit. We did that some at Oklahoma and South Carolina, both when I was here as an assistant. We didn't do that at Virginia Tech. We didn't do it at Georgia. We didn't do it last year. Um, but for home games, we have meetings here and then we go across the street and do our walkthrough on Friday afternoons in the stadium for home games. So it was twofold Ben. one, just trying to kind of keep that same routine on the road. Okay, we do our walkthrough here in Columbia, but then we get on a plane or a bus when we go to Clemson um, and we'll get off the plane and just go walk around the stadium, just trying to keep that routine. And then we leave the stadium and go to the hotel and start dinner and meetings like we do for a home game. So that was part of it. And then the other thing too, was just trying to get some of the, uh, some of the newness of it out of the way on Friday. We've got a lot of guys, transfers, freshmen, that have never been to some of these stadiums. And when you walk into some of these stadiums, ours included, for the first time, it can be, oh my God, um, just how big they are. But so just being able to go on Friday, we literally were there for 15 minutes, but just to be able to go on Friday, see where the locker room is, see how you're gonna get from the bus to the locker room, how you're gonna get from the locker room to the field. Okay, here's what the stadium looks like. Here's where our sideline is, quarterbacks, there's the play clocks. All right, everybody good? Let's go. And, you know, it's 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 we've been a little bit better on the road this year. I don't know if it's because of that, but that's how it started. I was just thinking about it over the summer as an opportunity to uh to uh just see the stadium and not let them not the first time we see it be on saturday when we arrive that's out of your system and then all you have all you're thinking about is just playing well and then just real quick i think you guys have already dealt with hurricane stuff already is there any conversation concern about the weather or anything like that with this week i don't think so george win our assistant director assistant director of athletics for football ops george has been um in communication with everybody down there i guess they've been having kind of like weekly or not weekly but daily Updates and meetings and doesn't look like there's any issues at all. And based on the text he sent me before I came in here, it looks like everything should be out of there by you know Thursday afternoon and, and um, full speed ahead. But certainly the people above me are, are monitoring that as well.